I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. OnAfric is a pan-African payments company which enables interoperable cross-border and domestic digital payments. Mobile money has revolutionized access to certain financial services in Africa and much of the rest of the world. OnAfric's been at the forefront of increasing digital flows not only within Africa, but also flows to Africa. With me is Fume Dilagiwa, General Counsel and Head GRC for OnAfric. Now, if you're not familiar with the name OnAfric, that's because it's new. It is a rebrand of MFS. So let's start there, Fumi. Why the rebrand? What's the significance of the new name? We operate the largest pan-African payments platform on the continent, connecting around 40 African countries and about 70% of the mobile wallets that are available on the African continent. And we have grown significantly in the last two to three years, predominantly through acquisition. And we acquired a, a company in East Africa called Bionic, another one in Nigeria called uh, Capricorn Digital, which um, operates the Baxi brand. And then the third is GTP, which is a company in the US to expand our omni-channel offering. And with the acquisition of these companies, we believe that it was time to bring all of the companies and all of the people under one brand. And that's one stream. And then on the other hand, as we grew and as we expanded to other jurisdictions, we came up against, shall we say, a challenge <laughs> on the use of the name MFS, which was challenging at first. But then I think we got to a point where we wanted to see this as an opportunity and use this to sort of galvanize the company towards one name. And so we we thought that this was a great opportunity to bring together the entire group of companies that we had acquired so far. And we looked, we went through a process of trying to identify, you know, who we are and what we want this name to be. And so we looked at, you know, staying true to our roots, Africa. And uh, the word honor, it, it derives from a, a Yoruba name, which means uh, pathways, but also has a Swahili meaning, to means to see. And we wanted to keep that in because we felt it means that it aligns with what we want to do or what we are doing as an organization, which is providing access and pathways to Africa and which aligns with us making borders matter less. You say 70% of mobile wallets you have access to across the whole of the continent. What is the state, broadly speaking, of the cross-border payments industry in Africa? I would say, to a large extent, it's still very fragmented. And I'll say that because there are a few, a few reasons around that. The continent is made up of 54 countries with a multitude of regulations, differences in economic markets. And then we have a situation where it's still a largely cash-based system within most of the economies within Africa. And then you have differences in, in the population type. So we have a, a large young population that is open to you know, technology and, 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 and use of, of new payment systems. And then you have the traditional you know, people who want to either go to a bank or keep their money under a mattress. So there you have different ways in which payments are carried out on the African continent. And this has created some level of fragmentation 
where you have the traditional banking systems working alongside you know, fintechs who are providing payment solutions that are slightly different and digital in nature and are catching on because of the young population. And then you have individuals or companies such as ourselves who are providing an infrastructure that can help build a, a new way of you know, making payments work in Africa. But a lot of the things we're seeing, I think, you know, come down to to the growth in digital payments or the adoption of digital payments by the younger population, and which was accelerated by COVID. Let's talk about the importance of intracontinental trade, because this is something that I think a lot of people outside Africa don't recognize or don't see, that it's not just a case of goods and services moving out of Africa in exchange for money. It's mm-hmm. also building a network of economic development that is running throughout the continent itself. And at Honor Free, we see a lot of smaller value payments that uh, underpin much of the intra-Africa trade that you have just spoken about, Robin. And it's typically payments made by SMEs across the continent. And, and according to the AFDB, they make up about 90% of the businesses on the continent, and they contribute to about 80% of the employment as well. We know, or shall we say, we, we also understand that about 40% of, of intra-Africa trade flows are informal. And that it informs quite a, a, a lot of the payment flows that we see on our platform that Although it, it presents itself as P2P payments, there are people paying for goods, paying for services that are using our platform. Uh, and this means that there is a large need or there is a, there is a large intra-Africa trade market that is out there. Some of it is captured, which we typically see and hear about. A lot of it isn't. And we believe that for these SMEs to truly grow, they will often require access to larger markets, they will often require access to other markets. So take, for example, a seamstress or a fashion designer in Nigeria has, you know, a significant population to work with, but another fashion designer in Rwanda will be limited by the the geography in which they operate and definitely needs to trade with another country to truly scale. And that's where intra-Africa trade is and where it becomes so much more important because uh, SMEs drive the economy because there's so many of them and they contribute so much to the African economy. Well, you've defined there the need for the pan-African infrastructure, which I guess is what you're trying to provide as on Africa. You say you have links to 40 countries, I believe was the number you mentioned, out of the 54 in Africa itself. And you also touched on the digital solution. Talk to me about the digital solution and how this helps these SMEs you've just been discussing. There is a lot of geographical limitation. We believe that it is important for infrastructure to be in place to enable true Pan-African trade. This is, is something that we have invested in as an organization by building the rails through which mobile money payments, bank account payments, cash payouts, and even card schemes can operate cross-border across the African continent. PAPS is another example of an organization that is trying to facilitate intra-Africa trade on the back of, of the African Trade Agreement. 
we believe that the more payments are digitized, the easier it will be to cross-border enable them. And uh, several African countries are looking into how they can also encourage and, and support the digitization of payments. This is important, but we think that there is another key element that often gets forgotten when we speak about intra-Africa payments and digitalization is, is that this needs regulation. We find that because Africa is, is, is a medley of many countries, it's also a medley of different types of regulation. It's a medley of different types of economic zones and currencies. It makes it even the more challenging to put in place the infrastructure that's needed and challenging for those who actually need it. So uh, some of the key things that we think are important for this is that you know, there should be some way in which there is a harmonization of regulation and harmonization around FX and exchange controls that will truly build that pan-African, intra-African trade. There should be harmonization around licensing and regulation, data regulation, AML, CFT regulations as well. But there's also a need for, for regulators to be open to new technology because as we see and as we know, um, blockchain is probably going to be the next thing that will, will supercharge you know, digitization of payments and intra-Africa payments and cross-border payments. And so openness to digital currencies, blockchain, uh, we believe are things that need to be on the agenda. Well, you've given me a wish list there of what you think regulators need to be doing. Are you seeing movement in any of these areas? There is movement. There are some regulators and some countries that are trying to make where they are more, shall I say, conducive for growth of fintech and growth of technology and the growth of digitization of payments. But we are still hoping to see the harmonization. So it's still one country is improving and some countries are improving, but there needs to be a collective move towards saying, you know, we are very different in the ways that we operate. How can we come together to make things a lot easier? Maybe a bit like the EU. We might not be as lucky as to get something as you know uniform, but I think with small steps, we will be able to really make true intra-African trade um, a reality. And that's Fumi Delegiwa, General Counsel and Head, GRC for OnAfri. 